Welcome to the Week in Italian Startup, where we discuss the latest highlights happening in the Italian tech and investment ecosystem. Welcome everyone to the Week in Italian Startup uh, special edition. Uh, today with us we have uh, Andrea Orlando, managing partner for, for Italy of uh, Startup Wise Guys. Welcome Andrea. Thank you very much for having me. Andrea, welcome on board. Thank you, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here amongst friends, professionals, influencers of the ecosystem. Beautiful, beautiful. Our pleasure. Look, right. uh, we, have, we have a dance schedule for you today. Uh, shall we start with the first question, some introductions. So first of all, tell us more about Startup Wise Guys. So what, what is it? How was it born? Uh, and tell us more about you. Maybe. So, so um, I come from... Um, from a corporate background, I, I worked in corporate most of my professional life um, abroad. And then in 2015, through um, uh, an MBA experience in France, I got in touch for the first time with the startups and venture. And then I thought, okay, I don't want to do corporate anymore. So I started uh, investing in developing startups. I invested in one, in two, in three. And then uh, um, sometime later, Uh, I was talking with Cristobal Alonso, who is the CEO of Wise Guys, and he's also uh, a friend from INSEAD. And he was telling me about Wise Guys, which, is, which was um, an accelerator mostly present in the Baltic at the time. And he was sharing with me the idea uh, to expand abroad further, right? Wise Guys was born in 2012. Uh, it comes... Uh, as uh, one of those um, virtuoso spin-off uh, out of uh, the, the Skype exit that the, the Estonian team of Skype, the technical team of Skype coming from Estonia did, uh, I think in 2011, something like that. So a lot of resources were injected in the Estonian ecosystem. And, and from there, it became one of the most active ecosystems in Europe, right? So that's how Startup Wise Guys was born. And, and uh, back in 2019, when I was talking to Cristobal, he told me, well, we want to do something uh, outside the Baltics. We want to expand further. We have a big vision. What would you like to do? And I told him, well, I'm thinking about running my own funds. I have some network. I have some track record. I really like working in startups. So maybe also outside Denmark, because I was living in Denmark back then, I'm thinking maybe to go back to Italy. It's been 10 years in Italy, in uh, in Denmark. So thinking about going back to Italy. And then if Cristobal told me, well, why don't we do something together, right? You, we want to um, open to big markets. You want to open a fund. We will do something together. And that's how we kicked off, right? The, the, the first, uh, let's say, uh, flirting with, with wise guys and, uh, and Cristobal. Um, I guess, you know, two and a half years later, We are here in Italy, uh, almost 20 companies invested slash accelerated, uh, two programs in Milan, one in Cosenza uh, in partnership with CDP, the big uh, governmental agency slash bank um, that also has a, a venture uh, arm, uh, more than 150 investors um, and, and so much impact that we are creating. 
We invest mainly in B2B digital. We invested so far together, all together, I think almost 300 startups, little, little bit south of 300 startups in almost 10 years. And uh, yeah, and I hope that answers the question. Oh, quite, quite, quite a bit, yeah. Uh, actually, you opened up a lot of other questions uh, along the way. Uh, so the first one that comes to mind is, um, you mentioned that Startup Wise Guys was one as an acceleration program. Uh, so would you like to tell us a bit more? So why is it better? Why is it good? Uh, why should startups apply to this, this, this program? Sure. I think, uh, um, I think what Startup Wise Guys offers as an acceleration program is mainly through three streams or three value propositions. Um, first and foremost, Startup Wise Guys invests in cash in startups. We're not a consultant, we're not an incubator. We are an accelerator backed up by a fund. So we invest cash in startups. And in early stage or you know, pre-seed uh, startups, um, an investment of 50, 60, 80,000 euros helps a lot, especially in B2B digital, when you don't have a lot of uh, um, CapEx, right? You, you, you can start up your business, your venture with, um, with few tricks here and there being uh, very, very efficient. So first and foremost, we, we, offer, we offer cash investment, uh, but I don't think that's the, the most innovative or, or the most attractive part of what Startup Wise Guys value position, simply because more and more today, cash is becoming a commodity and it's not so difficult to, to, to retrieve cash in the market. So the other two streams of our value proposition, which I think are much more attractive, especially in Italy, are first, the international exposure that we give through our investors, through our coaches, through our team. Um, up, up until a few months ago, I was the only Italian in Italy of the Wise Guys team, right? So we only speak English. Um, now we have a program manager who's also Italian, but up, up, up until a few weeks ago, there was only me, which means that, you know, we are um, wired to be international, to um, make an international um, startup uh, out of the teams that we work with. Um, so it's not only in Italy, right? It's much more than that. It's, it's, it's a wide European spectrum. I, I could also say global spectrum. The third streams, the third part of our value position, which is, I think is very, very, very good. It's the program itself, which is very robust. It's very robust. It's uh, 22 weeks on site and online. It was originally only on site. Then with the pandemic, we adjusted a little bit. It's on site and, and online. So, you know, from Milan, if we're talking about the Milan one, from Vilnius, if we're talking about the Vilnius one, and it's very robust. We are hands-on. It's not academia. It's not theory. It's not, uh, you know, calling, uh, I don't know, a few consultants one week out of the 22 to do some lecture. We actually invite, invite uh, coaches, professional coaches, uh, which are paid to fly in, do their um, module, whether it's on growth hacking, on pitching or fundraising. Then they do one-to-one follow-ups follow up, follow with the startups. It's very tight. It's very intense. In fact, we have breaks 
every three, four weeks to give the opportunity to the startups to breathe a little bit and to focus also on the business that they have to grow. So to sum up, cash, international, and a very robust program is what Startup Wise Guys offers today. I have a question about the, the fund structure that is backing the accelerator. So sure. how does it work? Who are your uh, typical LPs? And uh, if any LPs are listening, like uh, how they can potentially get involved to the fund? So uh, in general, we, we operate um, with the one big fund from Estonia, which legally can also be more than one, right? But in general, there is one big fund in Estonia which is co-matching the local initiatives, right? So to give you an example, for Italy, we, we fundraise, we put together a fund of almost a, a million and a half, which, which in accelerator can mean a lot of startups accelerated, but the value proposition of the fund is, uh, is doubled because for every dollar, for every euro we invest from, from this Italian fund, the challenger, which is the Estonian fund from Wise Guys, is also investing, right? So this is a, a, a little bit the structure. Obviously, because we are entrepreneurs, we are in continuous fundraising mode because that's what we do all the time. So we're always looking for investors that are interested in, in sharing our deal flow. In general, in general, with very few exceptions, where we co-invest with institutional. Uh, players, for example, I mentioned earlier CDP, um, that is our co-investor in this program in, in the south of Italy on cybersecurity. With the exception of, of those institutional investors, which are which are one or two or three cases, the vast majority of, of investors that we bring on board are uh, mainly uh, family offices, uh, super angels, business angels, uh, entrepreneurs. Uh, which understand the early stage, the pre-seed game a lot. And, and part of the value proposition that we offer to the startups also come through our investors, which want to be on the front line. I understand that uh, having a small uh, chip at the beginning of the journey may mean that you will be on the front row when the startup is growing and is looking for further funds, right? So, so your ROI will dramatically increase because you, you'll be living in a project at a very early stage, which is done through a very solid partner, which is wise guys. So, so in general, we have, you know, uh, high net, uh, we're high net HNWI, uh, high, high net, net worth, worth individuals, yeah. high, net, high net worth individuals. In Italy, uh, there are a few lawyers, um, few business uh, people, also a few executives. Cool. Which uh, which wants to a little bit flirt uh, with with the startups uh, ecosystem. In exchange, they offer gate opening, right, for for the startups who would like to start discussing with this uh, company, with this industry, or with this other, this other player. It's really so, hands on. It's an investor, but at the same it's time, really it's, uh, it's really awesome. hands on. It's really hands on. It's it's a different game from from uh, VCs. Uh, like, for example, Nicolò, which I, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, right? I'm not a PC, but I understand the game there is much more financially driven. It is much more um, uh, understanding uh, uh, portfolio management and how to mitigate risk management. And also, you know, through board positions, 
how to affect the startups. For us, it's a little bit before, right? For us, it's a, it's a little bit before when you have a little bit more than a PowerPoint and a little bit of traction, and the risk is so huge that you need more than a board role to, to, to affect the startups, right? So since you mentioned it, let's talk about investment criteria. So yeah, you, you mentioned a PowerPoint is a requirement uh, up to, at, to which point uh, are you guys looking? Because so, I know so, that you so, you're really early. Uh, usually there are uh, three things that we ask in a startup. Um, generally speaking, we ask uh, the team to be full-time. That is very hardly negotiable. We need people to have skin in the game. Not only for us, but you know, how can we justify uh, to our investors if we don't bring on board uh, teams um, that are not fully committed to their venture, right? We have a fiduciary mandate towards our investor and we couldn't invest uh, otherwise. So team full-time, we, we need an MVP. Right, so I, I said a little bit more than a PowerPoint, which means for us an MVP needs to work. Uh, you need to, and you need to have together with this MVP, and this is the third requirement, a little bit of traction, a little bit of validation from the market that somebody is interested in using this. Um, you, 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 you are proving us that your product risk is mitigated as much as possible, right? Uh, and then from there, you know, I can be. Uh, um, very, very transparent and say that business model, we don't care so much. Mm -hmm. um, markets, yeah, we care, but because we invest every early, you know, a total addressable market, which is uh, not huge, uh, could also work for us, could make a good exit for us, right? Um, different would be if we were investing at 100 million euros valuation but that's not our case um, and also you know business model uh, go to market strategy we can we can change those things during the accelerator and we, we sometimes do we sometimes do because because uh, most of the teams that, that come on board they are very technical they're very specialized in the product but they don't know how to pitch they don't know how to fundraise they don't know how to grow active product and that that's where we, we come in and we try to help the teams Awesome. And what are the ticket size? And uh, in general, how much a percentage do you guys uh, um, uh, aim at owning uh, from the company? Like, what is so? We, we we have historically uh, we have historically invested uh, uh, between fifty and seventy thousand euros. Um, for a standard for a standard uh, offer that asks back. Um, between five and eight percent, right? I would say, yeah, five or, or and or nine percent. Um, so so that is uh, that is generally because uh, obviously we are the first one to invest, and 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 because the startups have not developed too much and the risk is very huge, it is reasonable to have an investor that takes up to. You know, little less than ten percent, especially with all the time that 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 we invest. Um, if we are offered more than ten percent, we usually don't accept because it means that there's something wrong, right? For two reasons. First, if you if you like your startup so much, why do you want to give away twenty percent, right? 
Second, and that you know, Nicolò, please co confirm this assumption. It will we will make the startup a little bit uninvestable if you have your cap table already booked. You know, 15, 20% by one investor. Yeah, because okay, because low amount actually. Yes, that, that that's quite true. That's quite true. So so I, we think that you know between five and and nine percent is the right percentage. And for us, we are continually uh, you know updating and and adjusting our value proposition to make it as attractive as possible. Sometimes we do convertible notes. Sometimes we do cool. equity. Sometimes we do safe agreements. I mean, for, for me, it really depends on how to make the, the journey comfortable for, for both parties. And usually, I must confess, the valuation is never the showstopper. The mm -hmm. showstopper is the startup that comes and say, hey, give me the money, I will take care of the rest. Yeah. yeah. Or give me the money and uh, the program, I can only attend half of it. Mm -hmm. Or give me the money and then maybe I will jump on board full time. Or give me the money and I don't want to pay the accelerator fee, right? Which for us is absolutely non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. The accelerator is part, is the strongest part of our value proposition. Actually, I've got a follow-up question. So, so do you have any other deal terms in your average uh, deal with a startup? And do you allocate follow-ons? So do you participate in eventual seed rounds? Yes. Do you have a follow-on fund, stuff like that? So, Yes, so I I will start from the, from this one. We do allocate follow-ons. First follow-on is usually after the program for the for the top performing startups is usually a fifty thousand ticket, but it can go up to two hundred if the if the startup is really growing fast, right? So I would say I would say that the. the um, we, we, we allocate two follow-on tickets. I would say on every, in total, 300 mm -hmm. uh, split between two rounds, right? So, so, you know, if you call the first round pre-seed, then the second follow-on is kind of seed, and, and, and uh, the first follow-on is kind of seed, and the second follow-on is late seed, right? Because I wouldn't call a 300, a 300 uh, ticket in a, in a, in a 1.5 million, Series A just yet maybe yeah it's it's late early yeah yeah so so that that's where we are in terms of follow on and then the first question was about other terms we have in our term sheet yeah so I mean we claim to be quite founders founders friendly uh, you know honestly you know uh, because uh, we understand that there's a lot of pride in what the startup the the startuppers the entrepreneurs are building. And we don't have any rights to, to, to claim uh, anything beyond us you know, mitigating the risk. So we don't take board seats. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no usually a liquidation preference of if there is, is one X. Um, there, is a, there is a small put option already in the term sheet, but it's 10,000 euros. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's almost ridiculous, right? It's it's more the signal rather than the cash. It's just to 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 signal the startup. Hey, if things go right after the program, we want to invest ten more k, right? Because we really want to solidify our partnership, yeah. right? Um, 
but otherwise we have a we have a series of we call them reserved matters where mm-hmm. we're stopping a commercial agreement. We would like to understand why, right? Yeah. But we, we don't call them vetoes. We, we don't call them vetoes because as, as I said, you know, if you invest 60k in a startup which has one million pre-money, there's so so many risks and so so many things are going so fast and so so many dynamics. You really don't you don't want to spend time vetoing things and and, and and red flagging. What we usually do, we have quarterly calls with the teams after the, the program. And what we do, we share you know our thoughts on the, on the chosen strategy. If the startup is fundraising, we tell hey, now you send you send us your term sheet and we'll tell you if you if you're interested. And we try to be partners, right? You want to you want to access top VCs because now you think you're hot. We'll make the introduction with uh, with Nicolò. We'll make the introduction with the uh, 42 Cup in Germany. We'll make the introduction uh, with the Target Global in the in UK. You know, we will make the introduction. We will act as this invisible co-founder and partner with the startups. Awesome. Give us some uh, success stories now. Give us maybe like, okay, it's early to say because it's only been like two years investing in deploying capital in Italy. But I'm curious what maybe you can say about maybe one or a couple of companies that are, you know, particularly following the program really well. They went really well and they're like moving very fast. But I mean, I I have very few nice stories which I'm really proud of. Awesome. Um, I can share. I can share two, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is related um, to uh, first of all the, the first batch, which finished in April. Um, it has nine startups. They are they are all doing really well. I'm really pr- proud of all of them. They're doing amazingly well. And if you're listening to this podcast, you should know that I'm very proud of every steps you took <laughs> in your entrepreneurial journey. That being said, there are a couple of stories of the first batch. The second batch started two weeks ago. So that there is really, really early to say, right? But the first batch, there are a couple of stories. One is related to a startup called uh, Roundabout, which is a, which is a matchmaking platform for, uh, for companies interested in micro-influencers, which is a trend which is more and more important, right? The first thing that is interesting is this. When we scouted for the first program in uh, September, October, some of you will remember that we were also fundraising at the same time. So basically we started uh, promising investing before having the money, which is something that entrepreneurs do, right? You don't wait to have all the money in the, in the bank account. If you're confident about your, your value and your brand, you know that the money will come. Meanwhile, you start scouting for startups, right? Yeah, basically, so signing term sheets before having the money in the bank. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. That's great. That's pure nice. But but we 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 knew that you know uh, by the end of November the the, the fundraising was going to be finished, and in fact we were extremely successful. But money in the bank was not there yet. So 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 which means that we were busy both scouting and fundraising, right? Because we were both busy uh, scouting fundraising and because Startup Voice Guys was not very well known in Italy, we ended up almost zero Italian, Italian companies in, in the first batch. So two days before the batch starts, uh, Cristobal, who is the CEO, and I talk and say, we have to do something. 
that some we cannot have a Milan batch with no companies for Italy, right? So what what I did, I started you know uh, calling everybody crazy. Hey, do you know any startup? Uh, uh, make introduction. I called you know, a consultant incubators, and I called uh, the Polytechnic of Turin. You, Giacomo, are from Turin, yep. and say, hey, I know you have uh, I3P and amazing incubators. Please make some interest. And they introduced us this this amazing startup um, run by Ilaria and Antonio, which are two co-founder. And you know, we did an investment community just for them, uh, 48 hours, agreement term sheet. Boom, they were in. And we onboarded them, I think, with 200 euros uh, monthly revenue, right? Mm -hmm. So Ilaria reached uh, five months after the finish of the program, which you know, was in August, 7,000 MRR. Now it's going for 10,000 this month. Wow, fantastic. And she's doing a 760,000 convertible note, uh, which is being open these days, right? And that that is my, is my, listening. <laughs> Beautiful. And that is that is my, my one of my proudest moments, right? Because because uh, they were they were engineers with a, with a little um, again a little bit more than a PowerPoint, but a lot of stamina, a lot of uh, uh, discipline, uh, and um, and they and they will be an enormous success case for themselves first. Uh, for their customers and then also for us, which we invested uh, when nobody else would, right? So that's uh -huh. one, one case. The other case is also very, very interesting. It's a startup called Okoya from Lithuania, uh, building a platform for, all, um, for um, the automation of a marketing campaign, uh, which is a little bit uh, inflationated, I think, because a lot of startups are are working, we're working on, on, on this part, you know, automation of marketing tools, right? But the team was diligent, working hard. Uh, in, uh, I think in, uh, in May, in, finished program in April, zero revenue. May, June, zero revenue. And then we had a quarterly meeting. We said, hey guys, what are we doing here? Are you doing something? Are you, are you selling this thing? Sell the freaking thing. Stop working <laughs> on this thing. And then they say, Andrea is coming. Trust us. We are we are we are um, working uh, on the launch on uh, Product Hunt and mm -hmm. AppSumo. Beautiful. Andrea trust us is coming. And then June comes, zero zero. July comes, zero zero. August the fifth, they launch on Product Hunt. In two weeks, they do fifty five thousand euros. Unbelievable. In, in September. August. On, in August. Yes, in September they did 78,000 78, euros. Onboarded 5,000 users. They have been reviewed by influencers on YouTube. I mean, uh, if that's not uh, perseverance and kick ass, I'm not sure what, what is that, right? That's so, so, so. Also, something uh, of how to use AppSumo and product hunt. We're doing a webinar. We're doing a part. webinar on, on that very soon because we want to. Uh, export the knowledge and then share with other startups, build the ecosystem, how to use this platform, right? But so, so, so damn proud. So, so in general, the first batch, we have now two, I would say, outperformers, which are Okoya and Roundabout, and everybody else is performing according to expectation. Super, super, super proud. And, you know, ask me this question in, in, three, in six months and I will tell you about batch number two as well.
we'll, okay. we'll arrange a second round with you. Don't worry, Andrea. Don't worry. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Let's talk about the the report that you published uh, a while ago about Italy and the ecosystem. So I know Nick is. Uh, huh. Nick mentioned it feature, like many, many feature. times with me and his feature there actually. So very, a good contributor. So let's talk about that. So, so what we're trying to do everywhere we go, we try to make an impact because uh, we know you need to grow the ecosystem. You need to grow it through knowledge, through data, through role modeling, right? And we thought that this report could have been a good initiative to pursue in this uh, impact vision we had. So we started working on it on, on, on March, and I think uh, Nicola was one of the first I mailed, hey, you know, we, we're putting together a list of, of the B2B startups. And he started, he was the first one in this Excel who started listing the first four or five, right? And then we ended up with, I think, uh, 400 and something of which we qualified 230, which for us were the scope of the report, which was focused on B2B digital, right? So you need to be a startup operating in the B2B and you, need to, you needed to have a, a digital component. I think it's a great effort uh, for, for a couple of reasons, because first of all, uh, highlights the, the, um, the tremendous opportunity that lays in the, in the ecosystem. There are uh, one or two verticals which are vastly underdeveloped, right? Can you believe that in fashion tech, we don't even have 10 startups in the B2B digital. I mean, we counted in our report too, I'm sure there must be a few that we skipped, but th there are not more than 10 fashion tech B2B digital in Italy. We mm -hmm. are the capital of fashion. We are the, the you good know, point. With, Mil with Milan. It's a good point. Th there must be so many opportunities uh, there, and there must be also a cultural bias because I guess if, if uh, there are so few startups, it also means that uh, somebody didn't want to invest in some of the startups that, that they must have. Uh, that must have crashed right through through the years because they didn't find enough fuel. So that was that was a, a good finding in general. A lot of low-hanging fruit industry 4.0 also vastly underrepresented. There are not so many startups out there. Uh, what we found interesting uh, is um, the, the the startups which are leading, let's say, the B2B digital scene, which in the report are. Um, Fintech, extended fintech, uh, cybersecurity, and uh, mad tech. By mad tech, I mean marketing and advertising technology, right? Sure. And so uh, I like I like to see cybersecurity up there. Um, Me too. Because because yeah. it's the one it's the one you but... least expect, right? <laughs> it's the one that you least expect uh, in Italy. Because we always say we are we are very traditional. We are not pioneering. Uh, New technology, um, but that cybersecurity proves that there is a there is a, a technological hub, there is a technological pool of resources that um, are, are are moving uh, this frontier further and, and further. And that's that's very exciting, right? And I'm also only talking again B two B digital, right? So imagine if you were thinking also B two C or also hardware um, in the um, in the cybersecurity. I think seeing uh, mad tech as one of the, um, the top vertical is not very surprising 
considering that we have a huge uh, manufacturing uh, ecosystem and all this mad tech for me at least you know if i have to think about it are are uh, a, a, um, a natural development of former marketing agency which come up with a a digital service which is also scalable right so so that makes very sense and also extended fintech uh, which includes insurtech not only um, a pure fintech. It's not surprising. I mean, we, we have huge banks. We are 60 million people uh, overall. We have, uh, we, we, many may remember that uh, the first bank was founded in Italy. So I guess that's a good legacy um, from, from the old days to the, to, the, to the future. So as I said, these three, these three were the top performing startup. In general, other interesting fundings, I think, regard the, 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 the financial resources. Money, as we said, doesn't seem to be the problem anymore. It's not difficult for the startups to, to raise uh, pre-seed rounds through grants, through angel, through crowdfunding. They seem to have, um, they seem to have um, now access uh, to resources in the B2B digital, obviously, uh, sphere that can secure the first testing, bootstrapping um, part of, of the journey. Uh, one sad thing is, uh, but I guess this regards in general, Italy and probably in the southern part of Europe for sure, uh, we haven't found many uh, female lead or women-led uh, startups and not so many mixed uh, founding team in terms of diversity, in terms of gender, less startups. I think, uh, you know, um, we, need, we, did, we need massive, uh, massively role, mo role models in that sense. Um, something is being done, uh, but I guess this is, a, this is a problem that we have to deal with. But in general, I, I, I'm not thinking in terms of stereotypes. Diversity brings richness. All, all sorts of diversity. Also, to to counter to like enrich your point is really it's really a matter of how the ecosystem is maturing and having diversity is probably like a, a later phase of uh, where the ecosystem is really shows a sign of a, of a solidity and maturity. So we're like getting there. That's my feel. But uh, I'm a great point, Andrea, for sure. Actually, actually, on this Giacomo, uh, in the preface to the report, Andrea mostly focuses on the on the concept of ecosystem mm -hmm. and of the future of an ecosystem. But I found that particularly interesting. So you didn't talk about Italy or the purchase of Italy. You talk about ecosystems. So I would like to know just one minute. How how do you find the Italian ecosystem? How did it evolve since you came back? Because you came back before the the, the pandemic events. So basically, correct, you, correct. You've been away for ten years, so you missed the, the last ten years. Then you came just before the pandemic, and then and and now uh, we are just you know moving past the second wave. So how do you see the ecosystem moving? So just so look, and Nicola, one of the first things that I said when I when I got back to Italy was that coming from the Nordic and the Baltics and having experienced also. Um, entrepreneurship in France or in Germany. The first thing that, that, that I noticed that the entrepreneurs elsewhere in Europe uh, 
were not very different from the entrepreneurs in Japan. So we have nothing to envy in terms of stamina, discipline, vision, creativity, technological resources, right? And that's a great thing. I think that, that's a great thing. And the, 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 the strongest entrepreneurs in Italy, I think if you put them on a panel with, the, with the unicorns, founders across Europe, they will uh, they will drink them under the table. They will they will uh, show what really means to do entrepreneurship in Italy. On the other hand, there are some challenges which are slowing us down, and uh, it will be no surprises uh, to anyone what these challenges are. Right, uh, bureaucracy, uh, especially for international uh, players and, and startuppers. Um, I understand that uh, for Italian entrepreneurs, bureaucracy is more and more metabolized. So if you are an Italian entrepreneur, more and more you're getting used to. But nevertheless, you know, uh, the cost of a notary deed, the cost of the Chamber of Commerce, the cost of the bank account, these are still things that will slow you down compared to other ecosystems, right? So for sure, the bureaucracy. When I came here... um, there wasn't uh, uh, the CDP uh, Fondo Innovazione just yet. It was about to be announced. So that was one of the things that was, was missing back then. And now, you know, CDP first started with 1, million, 1 billion, now it's recent, the 2 billions that uh, also will be injected uh, uh, into the ecosystem. That will, uh, will help a lot. Uh, one last thing that I try to, to highlight here and there, and that's why I talked in general about the ecosystem in the, in, the, in the introduction of the report, because there are some things that goes across uh, geographies, but uh, are more about uh, how to create a better place for everyone, for everyone. And one of the recipe is empathy. So I haven't found uh, the level of empathy that I, I was expecting between players, right? Between startups, in operators. I think we should, we should learn to give people a chance before going into straight judgment. I think that, uh, and, and, and that's a challenge, right? Because the, when, you are, when you are challenged, when you are in, in difficulty, the first thing that you could do to feel better is blame somebody else or point out that somebody else is a flaw, right? But, but this will not go in the right direction for many reasons. First, because you really don't understand how to become a better person and professional if you spend most of your time back talking about this player, this other person, and, and this other operator, right? So first, but second, especially for an entrepreneur, and, I, and I've said this a few times already, and I've written this a few times already, especially when you are an entrepreneur, if you don't start with, a, with an empathy culture in your company, uh, with your customer, uh, with, your, with your stakeholders, with your investors, then, then uh, um, it will be very difficult for you to bring on board people on your journey and to help them understand where you are, right? And if you start telling to, uh, your client, my clients, they don't understand my product. They, they don't understand. They're stupid. They don't understand. This is the best product. Then the risk is that you bring in-house that culture 
of not being empathic with your, with your clients, also with your team. And then your team will start blaming each other, will start blaming investors who are not investing, will start blaming operators and enablers who are not helping. And then, and then it, goes, it goes from there, right? So that I missed in Italy when I arrived here in 2019. Uh, I saw in general Nordic cultures more empathic and, and, and more um, um, with a listening attitude towards problem rather than a judgmental attitude. And that's my number one wish for Italy, for, for my team, for, for the startups, be, being empathic, which I think is at, at the core of a true entrepreneur, right? Because when you are empathic, you understand uh, what works and what doesn't work. Fantastic. This is, nice. a, this nice. is a great closing. Uh, yeah, love it. And I mean, we cannot top that with anything we're going to say. So. Andrea, uh, I think our time uh, is up. So thank you. Thank you very, very much for this uh, enlightening discussion. Uh, so thank you for joining us. Nico, thanks again, again for, for joining. And uh, um, I will see everybody uh, next Monday on uh, our weekly meeting of the Weekend Italian Startup. And uh, Andrea, of course, you will be called again to join us. Uh, maybe in six months to give us some good updates. And again, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Andrea. Thank you, Jack. Andrea, do you have any closing sentence, closing call for action to, to anybody that you want to share? Yes. Um, let's, uh, let's make an effort in a nurturing entrepreneurial culture and, uh, and um, taking care of our... Uh, entrepreneurial ecosystem being an entrepreneur is one of the toughest job uh, there is out there so i always take my my hat off every time before i listen to a pitch because i know that who's in front of me is taking risks is a, is a, a spending sleepless night to pursue something uh, um, really impactful so that's my wish for everyone really uh, a nurture an empathic culture towards entrepreneurs so that they can build empathy from there. Totally agree. Let's do it. Thank you, Andrea. Thank you, Thank you so much. Bye. Ciao.